different because this is the first time ever in two years of doing this podcast that Nigel and I have actually brought in a guest. And what a great guest we've got for our first ever guest appearance because we have the legend that is Mr. Midjor. Now, I'll be honest with you, I've mentioned to a few people that we were going to be doing this, and some people said, Midjor, the guy's a genius, the guy's a legend, and I got all kinds of really positive responses, and then there were other people who said, Midj who? Who's Midjor? Who is this guy? So just in case you're one of those people that's going, who is Midjor? Well, Midjor has been a pivotal person in the music industry, you know, for multiple decades now. You know, he was a a member of bands like Visage and Ultravox. He's written some huge hits, including actually Band-Aids, Do They Know It's Christmas? He co-wrote that with Bob Geldof. He's one of the co-founders of Live Aid. Uh, He was involved with the Nelson Mandela 70th birthday concert with Live 8, all kinds of charity work. You know, the guy has done so many things that there's too many for me to list right here. Um, But it was a real honor to get him on the show. And this is actually going to be spread over two episodes because we were interviewing him for over 30 minutes. So I'm not going to say anything else. Let's get straight into episode one, which is episode 109 of us talking to Midjor. So, Midge, welcome to your best year start here. Uh, Neil and I have been doing this now for two years. We now have about twenty-five to 50,000 regular listeners to our shenanigans. It's not that formal. It's probably a bit like you and Bob when you first started writing your music. It, we we had no idea where it was going, but it's gone somewhere. Well, you, um, well, you tell me here, Nigel, we had no idea where we were going. <laughs> we're, we're consummate, you know, musicians. We knew <laughs> But you see, that's my point, that you had an idea of what you wanted without knowing how you were going to get there. And then We had no route map. Yeah, yeah, but that's the whole point. Sometimes we talk about this, Neil and I, decide on the what and the how will show up. You know, so what do we want to accomplish? So for you, with the year that you've had, bearing in mind you had your latest album, you had a really phenomenal year planned, and then we had COVID, what were three mechanisms that you used to get you through what would be for someone like you as a, a consummate professional and a musician, especially with your studio, the travel around the world, what are three things you've done to keep yourself, one, out of mischief, because I know that's your middle name, two, to keep you professional, and three, to keep you sane? Well, I think I think besides panic, you know, uh, the, the initial uh, thought, because I was in, I was in uh, Australia, New Zealand, actually, when when we started hearing about the whole COVID thing, that was back in February of this year. Seems like a lifetime ago now. Um, and by the time we left New Zealand and landed in Australia to carry on the tour in Australia, New Zealand had already shut its borders, you know, so they were way, way ahead of the curve. And, of course, the information we were getting at the time was random, to say the least. Nobody knew what was happening day to day. So we managed to get round most of Australia without the gigs being cancelled. Um, when you when you tour there, if, if you're heading back home straight away, you try and finish in Perth, you know, over on the West Coast because it's, it's five hours closer to home or whatever by the time you're ready to fly back. That's where you're cleverer than I was because I finished in New Zealand. Oh, dear, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> no, no, but here's the best bit. I, it was... 8.30 in the morning when I'd woke up, got to the airport, 
And I rang Fran up and I said, because it was 8.30 Saturday morning and my flight landed at 6.30 Sunday morning. And I rang Fran up and I said, I'll be home tomorrow. And she went, you need to know that it's 5.30 Friday afternoon. And uh, it was like mind boggling that you're going to be 37 hours to get to where you think you are. Because yeah. I, I, I hadn't read the map bit that you go to New Zealand, fly to Sydney, go to Perth. And I went the other way around. I landed in Perth, went to Sydney, went to New Zealand, and came home the other way. That's why I should have spoken with you. Yeah, yeah listen, if you need any tour managing services. You know, <laughs> so anyway, by the time we got to Australia, it was, all, it was all chaos. So the big panic was, you know, can we get home? You know, can I get my daughters, my family back uh, home. So once I realised that um, that this was going to last at least six months, you know, I realised that by the time I got home, my entire calendar, like most people's, was gone. You know, all the summer festivals, all the touring plans. And um, and I had to sit down and, and kind of be the flexible character that you have to be in order to sustain a, you know, a lifetime in a, in a flaky industry like the music industry. And uh, and I and I have options, you know. You think, well, okay, I I spend a lot of time in my little studio here, you know. I spend a lot of time creating music and writing music, but that's a kind of dying art, you know. People who actually go out and buy, uh, you know, new recordings, you know, buy CDs or or you know MP3s or whatever, are few and far between. You know, your hardcore fans might buy it, so you have to think about what else you can do. So I I had to delve into whatever skill set I have. And, and what I, did you have? Well, I, I, you know, I, I realised that I can talk. You know, I do, I do a bit of what you do, but not to the level you do it. You know, I do, I do go out and do, you know, corporate talks. And, and I saw you were on stage with my friend Paul McGee last week. I was, yes, a bit of virtual stage. Yes, yeah. I, we did it all, we did it all uh, virtually, and that, that was quite that was quite something. Uh, very odd having me in amongst all these fantastic speakers. These oh, don't put yourself down. You're you're better than all right. Not brilliant, but you know you're better than all right. Thank you. Well, I'll take all right. Yeah. All right is good. <laughs> That's better than he normally says about me, Midge. So you know. <laughs> Yeah, so you you have to kind of delve into your toolbox, you know, your little package of skills. So I thought, okay, well I can speak. Um, you know, what can that do me right now? And I and I figured out that if I converted my little recording setup here into uh, something that I can broadcast from, I can I can do stuff from here. Yeah, I'm very fortunate that I'm I'm a member of. Um, which you know well, Nigel, uh, the the uh, the Bath Fifteen, the Foot Down group of entrepreneurs and stuff, and they they they've kind of formed this little group around me uh, and and substitute uh, me for having a manager. I don't need a manager. I, I thought you were like an Ethiopian child. It was like save Midge. You know, we're all gonna start standing. I kind of go into the Bath Fifteen every month and say. Well, you know, <laughs> here's my predicament. What should I do? Um, and they they kind of threw things at me and said, "Okay, you know, you're good on television. Uh, you can talk. You can, you you know, you've got a character. You've got a persona. You're good on radio. You can do all of those things." So I kind of I delved in and I built this little setup. So if you watch this, you like you like this. Look, you know, um, not a lot. <laughs> not a lot. You will. You'll you'll feel very jealous. I think by the time I. I show you, um, you know, what what I what my little cameras can do. 
So look, all of a sudden I'm moving. So I, I invested, I did a lot of research into cameras and tracking and audiovisual equipment and, and whatever. So I, I like that. Now Neil's going to say, I like it, but there's not a chance that Nigel will know how to use this. But I do like <laughs> that. Well, I've told you, if you need not just, you know, tour managerial skills, if you need some, <laughs> some tech skills and, and advice, come to me. So look, I did, look, watch, look, so there you go. Look, I've now got a, a multi-camera setup here, um, which I can either manually operate, so I can perform live from here. But the great thing about this little box that I have here... Your OBS. A little, a little audio mixer, uh, audio visual mixer here. But I can do... It will automatically cut between various shots, so I can do screen and screen. I can do all of Okay, all you're of now showing off, okay? You could uh, barely get on Zoom 10 minutes ago, Midge. So I, I kind of figured out that if I set this up, I, I, could, um, I could still stay in contact with, uh, with my hardcore fans. So, so Midge, I, can I ask you a question? Because part of the podcast is, so one of your key lessons was about flexibility. Yep. You was investing in tech. Yep. And three was having a support group. Is that correct? I, th I think that was, I think that's the, yeah, that sums it up really, you know, having people to, to remind me of what I actually do outside of, you know, writing a song and, and standing behind a microphone on stage. Um, and that's what the Bath 15 did. So, yes, having a, having a support group around me uh, to guide me, a bit like flippers in a, in a pinball machine, yeah. you know, keep me in the middle there. Yeah. Um, uh, because I, I am fairly self-deprecating and I, I tend to forget a lot of the things that I can and should do. So, yeah, um, that was it. So my six-month project has now been going on for, you know, nearly nine months now by the time I had done the investigation into this. But this enables me to carry on doing this on a, on a weekly, you know, bi-monthly uh, process, and even when the outside world does come back to some form of normality and I can get out there and still perform live, I can still connect from where I am right now. See, Midge, last week, I, I want to sh just show off here. I invested, get ready for this, in a green screen. I went high-tech. I spent $74. But what's interesting is that, I, you know, similar to you, you know, I've spoken all over the world. I was in the Cayman Islands in February speaking for the government, literally got back in time, went to Scotland in March, again got back in time. And then from March the 7th, my diary just went totally out, but I still didn't want to invest, not because of finances. I just think the idea of being on Zoom or WebEx or on air or, or all these platforms, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to embrace it. And then Neil, because we've got this podcast going, came over to me and we've invested in a green screen. And then we've invested in some slides with what's the, what did I invest in? Ecamm. Because eventually what something like you and I do, the old school, you've got to invest in some technology to make yourself look a bit more real, but more, I love your, your setup with that moving camera. We've got to look more professional because even though we can do most of what we do on Zoom, just playing your guitar one-on-one -on -one isn't good enough. You've got to go higher tech. So I love what you've done there. That's phenomenal. Well, I think what? you're quite right. I mean, I find it I find it amazing that there's a lot of people out there who are conducting the business through Zoom, you know, exactly as we are right now, yeah. and they haven't bought a decent camera and they don't yeah. have a decent microphone. Yeah. So it sounds like they're broadcasting from the toilet. 
You know, it's all echoey and it's ambient and it cuts out. You know, it, it, at times like this, invest in some decent, you know, Wi-Fi, you know, some decent broadband. You know, up up your game a little bit so that it, there's some quality there. I I saw. I mean, I'm not the first person to do this by any stretch of the imagination. I've seen lots of artists performing straight into their webcams. You know, using a little microphone in their laptop or whatever, and and irrespective of how good they are. The quality isn't great, so I thought if people come and see me live, I I hope that they come and see something that's quality, that's that's had a bit of thought and and, and effort put into it, and that's exactly what they should get when they sign in to to see me doing this. I just wanted it to be quality, and you're quite right. Maybe I need a green screen. In fact, I don't have a studio. This is my green screen. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no. See, Neil, that Neil has a quite a smart office. I just literally last week learned how to put the green screen up, which Neil had to... I mean, literally, I ordered about three weeks ago. Neil came to my house in North London, and it was, Neil will tell you, it was still in the box. Yep, he hadn't taken any packaging off it, nothing. It was like, you know, I bought this thing because it's the one you told me to buy, but I don't know what to do with it, you know? And I, um, it doesn't work. It's sitting, it's sitting in the box, and I can't... It's strange it. Yeah. that it doesn't work in the box. And then but, this week, I've invested... In something that does this, hmm. I've but, gone you know, crazy. I, I mean, for, for me, I think I think one of the big things, actually, picking up on what you just said, Mitch, it's you know, it, it's adapting to the circumstances, isn't it? It's yeah, you know, it, it's it's doing the best you can in whatever circumstance life throws at us. It, well, it's not just the best you can. You're doing you're doing the best you can with a bit of quality. Yeah. You know? It's 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 easy enough to think. Okay, well, I've got a few fans out there. I can do this. I've got I've got some business that I need to conduct, and I, I have to do it, or I have to do some talks or or whatever. There's a big difference doing a talk through a decent microphone. There's a big difference doing it when the lighting's pretty good. I've got a little floodlight up here that uh, above there that just kind of flattens you out and just gives you a bit of quality. The cameras, as you can see, a little bit of depth of field there. So I'm in yeah. focus. The camera that's slightly out of focus behind me. It's just a little bit of quality, and it doesn't take a huge amount of thought and effort, or being a Scot, money, to do. To do something like we always go back to that word. Yeah. But, but, but it is so true. I mean, you know, even simple things like buying a, an external webcam instead of using the one that's built into your computer. Even just something as simple as that can make a difference. You know, if you want to go further, you put a DSLR on there and use that as a webcam, or you are put you a green screen, me that's or you the do whatever. Why my, hold, hold on, that's the reason why this isn't working. It's still in my box. Yeah, see, yeah, screams at me that it should work. It looks fantastic from here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't bother plugging it and just hold it up every time you're talking, Nigel. Yeah, well, I thought it would work much better if I just left it there. <laughs> Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, a little bit different from what we've done in the past, and we would love to have your feedback. If you've not yet given us a five-star review on iTunes, please do so. Um, but let us know what you got from this episode. Please interact with us on Facebook or you know, message us in some way to let us know your thoughts on this episode. Um, and if you'd like to see more interview shows like this, and don't forget, you can hear part two of our interview with Midjor on episode 110 of your best year's starts here that will be out next week look forward to seeing you then cheers to midge what are your three tips for 2021 